talking definitely does help in one way or another, if it's to someone else or take it to your journal, right? But overall, it's about setting aside that time and it doesn't have to be that much. It's kind of like taking time to save time. If I take this 20 minutes to journal, if I take this 20 minutes to uh, debrief with my therapist, or I take this 20 minutes to talk to my partner or talk to a colleague about what the F just happened at work today, you will feel more productive in the rest of your day or rest of your night, not thinking about as much or ruminating as much about your day because you already took that time. So you will notice some relief in the rest of your day. I see my victory so clear. I see my victory so clear. It's a day we break through. It's a day we break through. It's a day we break through. It's a day. If you're working on the front lines of the COVID pandemic, it can really get to you. I'm talking to your core, to your emotions to your daily life, and your comfort in keeping it all together. One thing that I highly recommend is therapy. Yes, that's right, therapy. If you guys are struggling working the front lines, or maybe you're a pharmacy student, and you feel robbed of your graduation, of your rotation experiences, and you have all this pent-up anger, or you're a pharmacist working the front lines, and you feel like you're not allowed to live life, that you are sacrificing time with your family because you're putting yourself at risk for your patients. And in order to protect your family, you're not able to have quality time with them. If you feel like, yes, on one hand, this is your duty, responsibility, and an honor to serve, but on the other, you feel like you're sacrificing quality time with those you love, you might want to listen to this podcast because in this, we're going to talk about how to clinically cope with COVID. And guys, I'm really excited for this guest because I actually met her on the wonderful world of Instagram through a mutual friend who is actually his girlfriend. So not only is today's guest a therapist, but she sees firsthand what pharmacists go through because her boyfriend is an ICU pharmacist right on the front lines. I'd like to introduce today Michelle Mudis, who is a licensed therapist specializing as a millennial and relationship coach, who is going to share with us some simple tips for how you can cope through this COVID pandemic, and if you feel the need for therapy, how to find the right fit for you. Michelle, welcome to the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me on, Adam. I'm really stoked to be here. I am really excited because on this podcast, I like to talk about things that everyone experiences, but seems like a heavy or touchy topic that kind of taboo, like, oh, we don't talk about that. But it's the reality. It's like what we're struggling with. And I see this in our profession so much. Uh, early on when this whole thing started a month or so ago, uh, it's been going on longer, but more attention. But as time goes on, a lot of people are really struggling with their mindset, with their emotions, and just how to process this. Uh, so can you just give some insight into someone who's listening 
on a podcast platform, or maybe they're watching this podcast on YouTube, and they feel like they're really struggling in dealing with this mentally, processing it. Can you kind of give them like a first look into how they should proceed, or you know, is something wrong with them? Or because a lot of people feel like, oh, I should I should be stronger. I should be able to handle this. But deep down, they know that they are struggling. And I say this all the time. You might be able to tell people, you know, your friends, family, patients, oh, I'm okay, I'm, I'm good, I'm good. You can bullshit a lot of people, but you can't bullshit yourself. So that's what I'm going to set the stage with and invite you to kind of share how to get started in this coping process. I think it's really important to keep in mind that we are not in normal times, right? This epidemic is totally unprecedented to any healthcare professional that's alive right now, right? Even the oldest pharmacist who's alive right now and on the front lines of this has never seen anything like this. Our society has never seen anything like this. And I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Adam, I don't think you guys have ever been put in a situation where you've had to compromise or consider your personal safety because per, uh, PPE isn't totally available in every healthcare setting. Right. Yeah, it's definitely to a much larger degree, uh, depending on what practice you're in. You definitely put yourself at risk based on your patient population, but across the board, all situations, it's at a much heightened risk. So if you weren't at a higher risk, now you are. So Absolutely. So this is really on a global and uh, across the board in healthcare, you guys are faced with really difficult decisions. Um, you may not realize it now, but uh, this is your, what you're going through is a form of trauma right? And so this is really serious. And if you're at home and feeling like, like you said, Adam, am I going crazy? I should be able to handle this. There are no shoulds or shouldn'ts. Do not should on yourself, as I like to say. <laughs> I like that. Um, yeah, this, we're in crazy times and it's really okay to not be okay. In fact, it's, it's almost to be expected. That's so well put, and I think that's absolutely fantastic. Now, whenever I'm talking to patients, because I work community pharmacy uh, full-time for eight years, so a lot of patients I see being started on an antidepressant for depression or just new uh, psychotic medications, and I ask them, I say, like, are you in therapy or just add questions about that? And a lot of times I get, unfortunately, one of two answers. What's therapy or no, like no one's told me about this, or they say, I'll never do that again. And I say, oh, is it okay? Can you tell me about that? And they'll tell me this horrific story of they tried therapy one time and it was just a disaster. The person, the, the professional they were with didn't listen to them, belittled them. They just weren't on the same wavelength. Um, and unfortunately, and, and I was talking to you about this, is choosing a therapist is really kind of like dating because not all therapists are going to communicate ideally with all patients so you have to kind of find that mix and balance for who is right for you and realize that, unfortunately, if you get one, your first one or maybe first two, that isn't, you're not vibing, it's just not really natural, you feel not comfortable, that it, that's not a lost cause. It, it is, unfortunately, a process that you have to go through. So can you give a couple tips about how to find a therapist 
or psychiatrist for yourself, like what things to look for, what questions to ask to ensure that the person you're meeting is an ideal fit? Totally. I love this question so much because study after study has shown that it's the biggest predictor of success in therapy is actually the relationship that you have with your therapist. So it is very important to find a good fit. So where I recommend first even starting to look for someone is psychology today. Oh. And I actually recommend going to psychologytoday.com versus an in-network list from your insurance provider because a lot of times those lists aren't updated and people get frustrated when they call and they're not taking any patients. Um, but if you go to psychology today, we all have to pay to be on that directory. So you can be assured that that therapist is keeping up with their page. It's also a lot more personal. So you can see their picture, what style they use. Um, you can kind of get a vibe of how they are, what their personality is like. So I recommend starting there to even find a list of therapists. And then once you have a couple picked out, um, I would see how they interact with you on the phone, how the process was about setting an appointment. And then when you go for your first session, I'd say the biggest thing to look for is how comfortable you are with them. Not necessarily what came up or not necessarily uh, did your problems get solved in, in a session, which is not going to happen. Sometimes people come in with that expectation. But really that first session is to see if you are vibing. Do you feel comfortable? Are you able to open up easily? And this may seem obvious, but there are good therapists out there and bad therapists out there. So is the therapist talking about themselves, right? Yeah. Or are they keeping it about you and engaging with you and asking you questions? Do you feel judged? If you feel judged or shamed, don't go back, right? Yeah. That does some things off the bat. You definitely want to feel like it's totally non-judgmental and you can really just be your true authentic self. Now, if this is your first time in therapy period, the first couple sessions may feel uncomfortable. So I really recommend giving a single therapist about four to six sessions to determine, is it me? Maybe I'm just not totally comfortable in therapy yet. Or no, me and my therapist just aren't a good match. And some things to consider in the match are maybe you like therapists who are calm and have a soothing demeanor, right? That's, I'm a very bubbly <laughs> animated therapist. I curse, right? I'm a little ratchet in that way. Some <laughs> people love that. They, they love that. I keep it real like that, but other people don't like that. And you know what? That's totally okay. So it's okay to give yourself permission to say, you know what? I'm not really feeling that therapist. I'm going to see another one. And, um, you know, I've been in therapy myself. Most therapists, if not all, should be going to therapy. Yeah. Um, so I myself went through a couple therapists as well. And I guess my biggest rule of thumb is if it doesn't feel right, it's probably not the right fit. Listen to that intuition that you have. So. I love that. And I think those are spot on tips. 
Uh, one thing I like to do with this podcast is have a topic. So this is how to cope with COVID and everything going on as a main focus, but all of us have traumas we've gone through and things that we may or may not have processed. So just overall, I like to look at what are the barriers? What are going to get in your way of allowing you to get this resource to get you to a point where you can really dispense your full potential, live without fear, and really be the person you want to be? In general, the two biggest barriers are money and time. So money, right, right off, we said you know, psychology today or your insurance provider looking at who's in your network. Just type in, you know, therapist or psychiatrist, right? And that will give you a distance location based on where you live. And just like you said, it'll give them, give you a brief bio of the person, a picture of like what their style's like, uh, what they tend to process. So if just in that paragraph, if that doesn't feel comfortable to you, you can save yourself that time. If you see someone that just like, oh, that sounds interesting. I like that process. You can start that, you know, first call or consult. Okay, so that's, that's with, with, uh, with that whole thing, with the money. And then also, guys, if you have insurance, you likely have an HSA or flexible spending account. That is tax deductible and so forth. You can use this to eliminate the barrier. Okay, so you're already paying for insurance. You can use this so you're not getting all these crazy things. So the, the money is all, all taken care of right off the bat. Okay, now as far as time, some people prefer to do therapy in person. Whereas some people prefer to do it telemedicine, which is pretty much that's all you're allowed to do right now. So if time's an issue, you can, not, you can save time from driving there, waiting in the waiting room, driving back. So boom, there's at least, depending where the person is, there's at least a half an hour of time saved. Most sessions are 30 minutes to an hour. Uh, probably the first few are going to be an hour plus. So right there, there's your time. Okay, so time, money, boom, those are solved. The big thing specific to therapy is just what you said, Michelle, comfort, okay? You have to look at what you like and what you don't. And the reason that I'm really excited for you to come in is you know this audience. Your boyfriend's a literal frontline pharmacist in the ICU, so you have context. You resonate with this audience. But the other thing is most of the people listening and watching this are millennials. And literally, that is who you are, that millennial therapist. So that's the vibe you bring, not showing up in super proper white coat, you know, the whole white coat effect. That can be super, I mean, you guys are pharmacists or students, you know that like literal effect on blood pressure. But imagine if you're going to a total stranger opening up about your vulnerabilities and someone sitting there all proper dressed with a white coat sitting on a higher thing, that's going to intimidate the crap out of you and scare you from really going deep and sharing if this is something you've never done. But again, you resonate with that. You come bring that cool vibe, that accepting, non-judgmental, um, you know, just casual clothes. So you set that environment. So most people listening to this will like that. Some won't. They'll want that professional figure. So understanding what you like and who you want to resonate with, that's really important. So guys, in my opinion, those are the three biggest barriers getting in your way to finding a therapist that will help you and not work for you, but work with you. So those are the things that you really need to address to find a fit so that you can really cope with this whole COVID frontline business going on. So excellent tips that you shared there, thank you. Absolutely, and just to um, add to that too, Adam, you guys, there are so many therapists right now who are providing low cost or pro bono teletherapy 
to you guys right now. So I really encourage you. I mean, I put a, a whole list together of therapists in my area and I gave it to my boyfriend's hospital network. Um, there's over a hundred therapists on the list. Wow. And I know across the country, therapists are really stepping up. So money, definitely, if, if you felt that was a barrier, I really encourage you to check your resources because we are specifically giving free pro bono or very low cost sessions to healthcare workers, including you guys right now. That's fantastic. Because again, guys, I say this all the time. That's why it's not pharmacy podcast. It's the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast because we are a team. And this is just one awesome example of another healthcare provider helping another because that's how we rise is when we come together. So again, money talks. So that's just fantastic. So Absolutely. Matt, props to the therapies, therapy world. <laughs> For sure. Okay. So let's say that we find a therapist that we want, but we're still a little apprehensive. Okay. What are some tips that you can give to someone that's considering this? They've never been through the therapy process because they feel, and this is huge with just mental health overall, there's a lot of stigma. And the word therapy tends to be associated with being weak or something's wrong with me or I'm broken. And I'm sure that you have worked because you've been, how, how many years have you been a therapist? Five? Five years, yep. But Five I've been years. in therapy, my own therapy for 10. So you're 10 years experience, mm -hmm. right? And how many, how many patients or even yourself when you started had that, whether it was spoken or just subconsciously unspoken, of being really apprehensive and scared about being vulnerable because if you go to therapy, if you enroll or you make an appointment, you feel like there's something wrong with you. Can you speak to that? Because I'm sure you've worked with patients before who have started with this belief. So how can we address that? Totally. I can't tell you how many clients come in with that belief. Um, I like to say we are not broken. We are becoming, right? <laughs> no one's broken. Um, everyone's been on a journey. We all have our issues. I really recommend to start wherever you're at mm. and whatever is most comfortable for you to talk about. Um, so if that's just what's going on in your day-to-day -day workplace, start there. You know, some people think that the therapist is immediately going to start asking you pressing questions about your family or your childhood or your past and, and dig. And that's, that couldn't be further from the truth. And I feel like that's what turns people off from therapy is that they, people think that we're going to get really deep really quick. And that process actually takes quite a while and, and that's okay. And if I, I do recommend if a therapist is asking you deep or really personal questions off the bat that you're not comfortable with, that you share that with them and say, Hey, you know, I, I appreciate the going into that topic, but I'm just not ready for that yet. You know, it's okay to be vocal with your therapist. Yes. Um, so in terms of, uh, feeling like what you know the stigma of therapy again it's it's really whatever you want it to be look at it more as a conversation rather than head shrinking right because <laughs> yeah. really that's what it is they're just conversations and a lot of times there are deeper unresolved issues but 
again, you don't have to go there right away. It's completely okay. This is your healing, your time, your way, whatever that is for you, your timeline. And again, just start where you're comfortable and start where you're at. It doesn't have to be so deep. <laughs> yes, I agree 100%. I'm so excited to present to you Gen Z Pharmacist. This book has been in the works for four years and not only will walk you through in a step-by-step -step format how to dominate pharmacy school and script your dream career, but it also includes 22 interviews from the most impactful professionals in our profession. You know, one of the first things I thought of as I read through this book was, wow, I wish I would have had this available to me in pharmacy school. And I graduated back in 2008, but what an incredible, timeless resource that is all about how to make the most out of your time as a pharmacy student and how to really prepare yourself and get ready to make that transition into new practitioner life. Hey guys, I am just checking out this book by Dr. Adam Martin. Goes through some great examples of some successful pharmacists uh, to really give you some great inspiration as you're thinking about what you want to do when you finish pharmacy school. So it's a great book for you to check out and um, hope all of the pharmacy students will get a copy and be prepared for the Gen Z Pharmacist. I just want to get on my soapbox real quick and say Please. that, yeah, <laughs> that therapy is actually a huge sign of strength because it's recognizing right. that you can't do this alone. No one can. Like any person who's ever done anything awesome or for other people or been a leader or been just a giver, no one has done that alone. Not one person in the history of mankind. So what makes you think that you can, where you're not equipped, you're not designed to, you're not supposed to, no one is holding you to that standard except for yourself, right? So if that's a belief of yours, realize that it's actually strength and humility to ask for that help. It's saying, hey, I want to be the best version of myself. I want to be the best version for my friends, for my family. I want to show up 100% for my patients. And I want to make sure that when I step into that role of pharmacist or I'm still in school as a student or wherever you are right now in your life, you want to be the best you can be. And in order to do that, just have someone that's really good at something and qualified as a professional, like a therapist, to guide you through this process. Because I think that's a huge thing that you said is process and we're all on a different journey, right? And this is something that I really want to bring awareness to and have you speak on. Because like you said, this is something that's never been encountered in our lifetime, the listeners, the viewers. So there's no, no one's like going, no one's winning, right? No one's got this because no one's done this before. Okay. Totally. So that's something to realize. Now we all do this at a different rate. Some right up off the bat, some it's delayed, but what I'm talking about is processing what's going on because a lot of times we show up, you know, with shields on our belt and just, you know, on the front lines, we've got to be strong and, and hold it all together for everyone else. Right. Well, that can work. And that's one thing that we are called to do as providers is be there for our patients. But once that shift is over, once you get home and realize, holy crap, 
I had to wear a mask, gloves all day, wash my hands 50 times. Uh, patients were scared. I had to calm them down. I've seen people that are just terrified. My coworkers are terrified. Maybe you had some coworkers quit because they just couldn't, they didn't want to put themselves at risk for that situation. That's a lot to process, right? And if you don't take the time and make that a priority, whether it happens now or manifests in some other way in some other area of your life later, it's not something that you can just ignore because whether you see it now or later, it will manifest in some less than ideal way. So can you guide us through that whole, like, yes, we talked about processing and being a journey, but where do you start with that? How do you do that? And when are you supposed to do that when so many of us are working overtime? We're going in early, we're staying late, we get home and we're exhausted. We get home and that's when we're our only time to talk to our significant other or spend time with our kids or our family. So if that's going on, when are we supposed to give us this us time to process everything? Great question. So to be perfectly transparent and frank and honest with you, you kind of have to make that time, right? Mm -hmm. And make it a priority. It's not something that's just going to happen naturally. And whether that's you're in the car and, and you're decompressing there and maybe you, you call even your therapist, right? Call your therapist in the car to have a decompressing session or you turn to your partner, right? A lot of times we're hesitant to open up to our family because like you spoke about earlier, Adam, um, a lot of people feel that it's a sign of weakness to speak to your emotions or a, a sign of weakness that I per perception that I can't handle what's going on, right? But that couldn't be further from the truth. It, it takes more strength to confront what's going on, right? And, and to be able to share. And sometimes talking can be re-traumatizing. So if you're feeling that you're being triggered, you can talk around what's happening. You don't have to mention specific things. But talking definitely does help in one way or another. If it's to someone else or take it to your journal, right? But overall, it's about setting aside that time. And it doesn't have to be that much. It's kind of like taking time to save time. If I take this 20 minutes to journal, if I take this 20 minutes to uh, debrief with my therapist, or I take this 20 minutes to talk to my partner or talk to a colleague about what the F just happened at work today, you will feel more productive in the rest of your day or rest of your night not thinking about as much or ruminating as much about your day because you already took that time. So you will notice some relief in the rest of your day. Well, that is spot on advice. And I think something that all of us should listen to, uh, regardless of where you are as a new pharmacist, as a pharmacy student or other healthcare practitioner, uh, we deal with a lot. We put ourselves literally at risk for our patients and it's a burden. It's a, a huge responsibility, it's an honor, it's a blessing, but it is a burden. And that's not something to be ignored, it's something to be honored, and that means taking care of the provider who is you, which is exactly why I wanted to have this podcast, because I've seen so many of people on the front lines who either are trying to process it, or they're trying to not process it. 
and they feel like they're struggling. And when they feel like they're struggling, they feel like they're not quote doing their job or they feel like they they're, they're less than their best. But this is just like we've been saying, guys, this is something never encountered in our, the people living like right now that's listening to this, this has never been dealt with before. So if you try to do this on yourself, yes, you may be able to, but it's going to take you a lot of pain that's unnecessary. It's going to take you a lot of time that you could be saved by doing this and really seeking out and getting someone that's qualified to help you through that. And again, I want to reiterate, that is a sign of strength. That's a sign of saying, I want to be the best version of myself because that's what my family deserves. That's what my friends deserve, my patients, but also you. That's what you deserve because you are putting yourself on the front lines or putting yourself at risk for the sake of service to others. And that is the least you could do for yourself is to make sure that you are taking care of you. So uh, I just want to summarize it with that and just say thank you, Michelle, for being such an awesome blessing to not just our profession, but for all the people that you work with. I want to acknowledge you for being such a guiding light for people, not just through everything that's going on in the world right now, but past traumas, things from childhood, previous relationships, uh, disappointments, failures, things that you make you feel less than, all those things that kind of tear away at us and are our limiting belief, that little voice in our head that says, who are you kidding? Helping people to break through that, to overcome fear, and to really come to a place where they feel valued and they're able to give themselves that self-love. And that's such an important process that's not spoken about enough, which is why I wanted to have you on the podcast. So thank you. I want to acknowledge you for all that you do. Uh, but yeah, thank you for just everything you do and for being here to share all this with us today. Oh my gosh, thank you guys for putting yourselves on the front lines and showing up for people and your profession. I'm just so, so stinking thankful for you guys. Not just me, the entire therapist community, we really are. And that's why we're trying to, to step up and help you guys as well because you need it and you deserve it. Thank you, thank you. So guys, another reason I like Michelle is she's no bullshit. <laughs> so um, I highly recommend you check her out on her social media page, That Millennial Therapist, um, because she talks about issues like this and more, and she does not sugarcoat it, okay? She's very bubbly and kind and accepting and non-judgmental, but she's not going to waste your time. She's going to call things like they are, but guide you through that process. And if you take a look at her social media, she will highlight some of these things to give you that awareness and guide you through that process. Uh, so Michelle, if people felt like they resonated, because again, right now, everything is online. And I think before this, that's how you did most of your um, consulting with your patients. Uh, so tell us a little bit about where people can best connect with you, how they can learn more about what you offer to see if you would be a good fit for them. Absolutely. So you could probably best find me on Instagram at that millennial therapist as well as Facebook, or you can contact me directly on my email that millennial therapist at gmail.com and millennial has two L's and two N's. <laughs> Spelling. We're, so we're, we ain't no English majors. Okay. <laughs> we, we, know, we know science, but yeah, we can count by fives. But when it comes to spelling, <laughs> we've got the internet, right? <laughs> yeah, guys. So I will have, I will have all those links uh, to contact and connect with Michelle in the show notes below. Uh, definitely reach out to her just to kind of see 
what she's up to in providing service, not just for pharmacists, but also for all those of us in healthcare on the front lines, giving service to our patients. So Michelle, again, thank you so much for your time. Guys, definitely reach out and connect with her because that's what, we, that's what we're here to do. We're here to serve. We're here to pour and fill others, but we can't do that if we try to pour from an empty cup. So fill yourself up, guys. Go forth, be great, and dispense your full potential.